0: I guess it's just you and then the wide, okay? So we look to it once in a while. All right. Okay. I found <laughs> a team, we made on lane, and now they <laughs> all say that we got it, we got it. We got more rains than Audis, I'm my team bring the heat like the Saudis. Living in the south with my family from Cali, and shout out to Bay, we don't live in the valley. No, my whole crew look like it's Cali.
1: All righty. Welcome back to the Sojourners podcast, episode two. There you go. Today, we got more of a theological topic that's on true. our hands. Yep. Um, thought it'd be good, you know, switch it, it up, mix right? it up a little bit. A little bit. Um, so today, question that's often asked and debated amongst the church, and then maybe unbelievers would love to hear this as well. Can a Christian lose their salvation? Massive topic. I think it's a little small, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's pretty small, too. Yeah. Let's just scratch it, eh? <laughs> All right, yeah, massive topic. But like, let's start out with talking about why is it actually important? In the sense that, you know, of course, there's two different camps. Uh, many are going to say, of course, and hold to this that no, a, a born again believer, a true believer, mm. cannot lose their salvation. Right. Yep. The other camp would be, no, if you can, you know, receive Christ, then you can obviously reject Christ yeah. and leave the church and right. abandon Christ, forsake Him, and 100%. lose your salvation. right um, And then those two believers kind of live different lives in a sense, and their approach to the faith is a little different as well. So yeah. maybe talk to us about why. It's so important why this topic is massive well i think that i
0: i know you've heard this a lot it comes down to how people are thinking about free will Mm. um people who think that you can lose your salvation i think there's two angles on one hand some people uh they had a friend somebody who they knew who was you know seemingly a boring christian for a long time Mm. decades or whatever and then they turn away from Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, they seemingly lose their salvation. Mm-hmm. And so the person who maybe had, you know, um, you know, once saved, always saved, we know that phrase, as their view, then changed it because mm-hmm. they saw that, they didn't know how to rationalize it, and they're like, oh man, like, you know, that's one angle, that's one possible thing. The other angle is that some people think that, oh, okay, well, God has given us free will, and he respects that free will that he's given us, and so he offers salvation to everybody, you choose to accept it, fantastic. <laughs> But even though it's not right, he's also like that. You would do this. He's also given a person the ability, free will, to uh, deny him as well, and obviously deal with those consequences. And that it is the personal responsibility then of the believer to, um, you know, make those choices that would not um, put themselves in a, in a situation where they could, uh, you know, lose it. Um, and maybe last thing then, just to uh, touch on that, there is a mentality based on that last the latter one mm-hmm. that you know there are things that you could do that would open yourself to the possibility of essentially losing your salvation That mm-hmm. there's choices that you can make things you sell so, you open yourself up to mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard this I mean Halloween just passed a month ago if you celebrate Halloween you're opening up your, your yourself and your house to demons and you're you know XYZ is gonna happen to you and this is gonna happen to you you could literally just be dressing in a banana costume and hanging out with your brother and sister in Christ. Speaking uh, experience, Speaking eh? from experience. <laughs> speaking from experience, last year, dressing up in a banana costume and hanging out with brothers and sisters in Christ just at your house. But nope, that's a demon. You're going to catch demons. You're opening yourself up. You don't know what the hell is going on here. Uh, and that mentality actually comes from the, uh, I only figured this out recently, it comes from the idea that you can lose your salvation.
1: Mm.
0: It comes from the idea that God will not, protect you in those certain circumstances is on you not to put yourself in stupid situations. And then, you know, the consequences for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I thought it was always, to be honest, really ridiculous. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll be frank is that, you know, people be saying, just for example, use Halloween. Oh, well, you know, people are doing this and that on that day and doing voodoo and black magic and all that stuff and cursing the candy and this and things. And you're opening yourself up, you know, um, what stops somebody from cursing the Krispy Kreme donuts at work? On a, on a regular Tuesday My like name. today
1: McDonald's Big Mac Big McDonald's I was Big just Mac. there last night eh? exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> seriously yeah. though what stops yeah. like we we put it on or we not we but some people really you know put it on that day but what stops anybody from doing those kinds of activities that could cause you to lose your salvation on a yeah. regular day
1: nothing absolutely nothing yeah yeah and just adding on to what you're saying there uh, I think what our focus is is that we would both agree 100 percent mm. salvation is like 100 percent about god you know in god's mean? hands 100 right? when yes. we look at the reformation and we're looking at you know one of their key phrases was solidaire gloria right it's all for god's glory meaning when you're saved when i'm saved it's all for god's glory right so we have to ask ourselves you know if we're understanding that god is a jealous god hmm. we're not talking about a human selfishness a human jealousy that is sinful right we're talking about a divine jealousy in terms of his glory, all yeah. of it belongs to him. Right. So if we understand, I and mean, hopefully we understand, the price that he paid right. to buy us with, yes, we understand that he would not let us go mm. because it's for him. It's not for you, and it's not for me. Um, my dad was talking to us. I think this is a couple of weeks ago, and praise God, my whole family, um, you know, is in right relationship with Christ. And he was, you know, asking God. He was saying, you know, Lord, like. Why? Like like why were you so gracious to my family? Why are you so merciful to my family? Like why us? Right. To which, you know, scripture speaks to it as well. His answer was because it's not about you. Mm. It's about me. Right. That's what God is saying. Yeah. To which my dad is like, Yeah, absolutely. You know, like scripture says it, and, and you say, Lord, that this is all about you. And we have to learn to take that lens off where it's like, oh, I I gained my salvation. I lost my salvation it's like no God gave you salvation right. and you're his now yes you bought with the price you're yeah. his possession you know yeah. what I mean so just respecting that fact and, and staying anchored in it is so important mm. right so on that topic then um, how can you know actually yeah that
0: you as a believer as a Christian are saved
1: yeah I think it's a massive one um, we have a lot of personal conversations surrounding this topic yeah um, the best way to speak on it is to be, you know, transparent and open. So I don't mind doing it. So every time I seem to struggle, whether it be with mental illness or whatever it is, the first thing I'm attacked with, and he knows this is, oh my yeah. gosh, am I am really safe? Really safe? You know, right? yeah. that's how the enemy comes to attack us. Yeah. And in my opinion, you know, we were going to talk about this a little later, but I feel like it's kind of a good segue. Why are we staying on guard? Right. If Satan is coming to attack us, attack us, and his minions are coming to attack us, why are we remaining sober-minded and vigilant? Hmm. What are these warning passages for? Right. It comes in all in a play here that we have to consistently draw before God. I don't. I'm not supposed to sit in my room and say, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, am I saved? Am I not saved? I really don't know." I'm supposed to say, "Lord, I know I'm yours." Right. Anchor myself in your promises. You know when it says in John 10 read the passage verses twenty seven to thirty. It says that none, nothing can snatch me from his hand. Right. I'm in the his hand. Yes. That's how I imagine I'm in Christ's Close hand. fist. And in Christ and Christ's hand is in the Father's hand. Right. And it says that I can't be snatched from either of those. 100%. And if the Holy Spirit's in me, that's like the trifecta of like grace. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how I'm possibly gonna lose it if I'm in God's hands. Right. That's saying God is losing you. Right. And Christ is saying no. If you don't mind me referencing John six, he says his will is that Everyone who's been given to him will be he, raised. Yeah, he won't lose any of them. Yeah, on the last day. Yep. So, if we want to contradict scripture and say, hey, you were a born again believer, you left the church, all this kind of stuff, you rejected Christ. You're saying that Christ let you go. Christ Christ lost you. Right. Christ lost you. To
0: which he said that I've lost none except the son of perdition, Judas. Right. Whom Judas. That was always the will from the beginning of time. So, he's the one exception, not even exception because that was always going to happen. Right. Um, but for his bride, his church, every single member he saved, like you're saying there is no losing your salvation because the implication of that is that God is willingly letting you go, which is contrary to what he's put in his word, I would say.
1: Yeah, and sorry, just to, just to quickly add on to the question you asked me, how can we know? How can we know? You know, it's, in First John, I forgot the chapter, I think it's five, but it says, I write these things so that you may know you have eternal life. Yes. So clearly there is a knowledge we can have Um, For us being born again is absolutely critical in understanding that you know It's not by the will of the blood or the will you know It's not by blood not by the will of the flesh It's by the will of God when we receive Christ that born-again experience when we make that 180 transition When you're convicted of sin When it pricks your conscience and I know you can resonate with this. Yeah when you do something wrong and it pricks you Yeah, that's a clear sign. The Holy Spirit is convicted of your salvation Yeah, especially if something you used to be doing right and you do now and it's like, oh this is different I don't feel right about restlessness this. right so for yeah. me conviction is like the number one sign that I, I am saved telltale sign because if you look at no offense if you look at an unbeliever no offense but <laughs> they go and they do all these things yeah they feel right about it right they boast in it yeah for us it's like why would I boast in my sin yeah I feel horrible about my sin yeah look at David when he sinned. right, right? he felt horrible about yeah. it he repented and he boasts on the Lord right so that's how I know conviction is number one for me so then on that note though um, because you mentioned it earlier
0: Doubting your salvation, yeah, to some degree. I mean, you, you and I have both experienced that. Yeah, that's something that you know the enemy's perpetually tried bringing at you at uh, difficult parts of your life. Yeah. Um, so to some degree, it is normal then to doubt it. Of say, course, right.
1: I think to understand that we're human, right? <laughs> People, I think, run ahead of themselves and they think, "Oh my God, I'm all this, I'm all that. Now that I'm saved, nothing can get me." Uh, Brothers like you probably haven't lived long enough yet. Right. You know what I mean? I'm only 23 Right. I'm experiencing things every couple months. 100%. you know trials tribulations All these things are a mark of a Christian mm. suffering is a mark of a Christian You know um, those who are out there as missionaries persecution mark of a Christian, of a Christian. Um, It's all for his glory. These things are normal, right? It's how are we gonna respond? Yeah And how do we draw near to Christ because he encourages me when I'm feeling this way don't wait a day don't wait two days God's calling you to draw near to him today today you know, and there is so, no there is no tomorrow. Yeah. So what's so you can also resonate with this So in terms of your personal life, yeah, how have you responded in those situations where you're hard on yourself with sin? Um, and you're like, you know, if I'm doing this like how can I actually be saved? Yeah, what have you done? To draw back before God Yeah, so I think that it's really
0: The evidence that like you were saying earlier that if you feel if you care, mm-hmm. Like you're in a state like you're saying where you are sitting against God and You know how it is there's times where we feel like we can't get out of that state Even though we want to that want in itself is evidence of your salvation Because if you really weren't saved, why would you care? Like you said yep. you wouldn't care but because your mind is still focused on that and in your, and obviously in our human weakness and understanding how we get out how we can get out of that circumstance? That is a mark and root of your salvation, but I think that it's pretty amazing every single time speak for myself personally, obviously for you, that I've been in that kind of situation where, I, like David says, my sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. Yeah. Feeling like, oh man, I don't feel like I can pray. I don't feel like I can read the word. God always restores again and again and again and again and again. Supernaturally, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the mark too is that even when you don't feel like doing it, you still struggle in spending whatever time you can with God, whether it's a minute or even acknowledging Him, whatever it is, every single day. Until he brings you to that place again, because he really does. Like uh, you're going to use the example of Peter at some point. Yeah. Um. That you know God restored him. Yeah. He stumbled. He fell. He denied Christ. Yeah. Jesus allowed the enemy to sift him mm-hmm. to develop his character to bring him to that point he needed to be at, mm-hmm. and then he said to him, "I prayed for you that your faith will not fail, and when you return to me, yeah. strengthen your brothers." Yeah. To me, what's so amazing about that passage is that Jesus says. Your faith will—I prayed for you. Yeah. Your faith will not fail. Yeah. So it was definite. It means I prayed yeah. you're you're fine. Mm-hmm. When you return to me, not if, but when you return to me, strengthen your brothers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So there you have the restoration right there. But uh, I know you want to talk about this because um, we were talking about just in the very beginning, they're opening up the episode. Oh man, like if I do this and that, the enemy's going to come for me, and this and that, and I lose my salvation. Well, what about that passage right there?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think, and just I'm going to answer. But you know, we know a lot of people. And a lot of objections we've heard against our view. Yes. So whether we want to call it perseverance of the saints, eternal security, eternal security, right? All all these different terms to address what we mean by we cannot lose our salvation. Right. Um, And then it's good that we set the foundation that you know it's it's because it's God, it's not us. Mm. Salvation from God. That's the foundation. Mm. Regarding what you're saying here, it's uh, really critical for us to understand, dude. (laughs) Hold on, I lost my train
0: of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. Remind yeah. me of
1: the question. Remind me of the question. Uh,
0: you were talking about some of the common
1: arguments. Right, common arguments. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> common arguments. Is that when everyone's like, Oh, if you're one if it's one saved, always saved. Yeah. You can do whatever you want then. Right. So what's the consequence of going to a strip club? Right. What's the consequence of crushing up some cocaine yes. and sniffing it right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, literally. Yeah. What's the consequence? Right, yeah. And you and I are both gonna be like, yo, that's a straw man if I've ever seen one. You know what I mean? Because it says if yeah. you love Christ, what do you do? You, rep- oh, oh, you obey his commands. Yeah, obeys commands. <laughs> you obey his commands. You know, so it's, it's so imperative that we understand that there's this harmony, not only within scripture, right. but what we're called to do as believers. Right. So it's not, oh my gosh, because you're once saved, always saved, because you are gifted perseverance to endure into the end, that I can do whatever I want and I will never lose my salvation. Mm. Uh, no, brother, you're called to repent, as you're saying, of your sin. Mm. You're called to obey his commands. Because they're worthy to be obeyed and righteous. Yes. They're they're that which guides us and instructs us every single day. His law is really a lamp unto our feet. These things are important for us Mm. to recognize. So, that argument where, oh, this is why I don't believe this, because it it gives you room to do whatever you want. Yeah. It's, it's, no, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. But it's also regarding the Halloween example you were giving. Mm. It's, we have this, I, I always ask you, I'm like, dude, for the people who kind of object to this, right? What exactly is God doing? Yeah, if Satan is up and about right, let's just think about this. attacking right? Satan is up and about. Yeah His minions are with him flying at you. Yeah, is the Holy Spirit sleeping in you? Because <laughs> like it's ridiculous to me the Holy Spirit just like his word if his word is alive and active Yeah, yeah. what do you think the Holy Spirit is yeah. the one who inspired that word? Yeah alive and active in you 100%. You know what I mean guiding you Fighting for you. Yeah, so when you even in Romans 8 when it says, you know, sometimes we can't even pray Right. It says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, intercedes for on us. our behalf. Yeah, he is active. He is defending
0: us Right. Well, yeah first John says that he who was a new Holy Spirit is stronger than the one who was in the
1: world. Do we believe it? That's the question we got to ask. Do you believe that? Yeah, um, and then we also talk about you know for I don't know if you know anyone I don't think I do but someone who's been in the faith He was a massive and this is the reason this argument carries some weight is it's it's kind of like based on experience, right? Right though experience should not dictate Scripture, it's tough to wrestle through it. Mm. How do we look at this experience through scripture? Yeah. So, for someone who's been in the faith, let's say someone knows someone, they've been in the faith 10, 15, 20 years, genuine, disciplined, reading their Bible daily, and then they leave. Mm. They forsake Christ. Right. And they die not coming back to him. Theoretically, of course. Theoretically. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, What do we say about people like that? Because that that's a huge one. What about those people? How can we have the audacity? Right. Right. To say you're not. Well, you, not you tell me what does First John say as well. Yeah, there there's a passage where it says, you know, those who went out from us were never of us. Right.
0: That the, by going out,
1: it showed. Yeah. That they were never one of us yeah. to begin with. And oftentimes is Matthew 13, I think, parable of the sower. I think so. Right. Yeah. Where it talks about the seed that falls sprouts up for a time. Yes. Time doesn't mean it's maybe a two day days. Or two. You can't dictate what that time is. Hundred percent. Christ knows what that yes. time is. Yes. Sprouts up for a time. When trials come, tribulations come, mm. that's typically what causes someone to leave, by the way, mm. gets choked up. Mm. The only soil, the only, the only ground that produces fruit is the good soil, mm. nothing else. Mm. And that's the hard posture that Christ has made, you know what I mean, for us to receive him. Yeah. So there's another argument I feel like we can deal with where, of course, it's so sad to see someone leave. But to understand that Christ, our faith is in Christ, not in people. Hmm. I don't trust you as my brother to remain faithful to God. I I trust God God to remain faithful to to you and to hold you. Yes. He gave me this amazing, amazing, amazing example. I say it three times because it's true. (laughs) About um and and walk us through it, the covenant uh, that God made with Abraham. Yeah, so
0: in, in Genesis, um when God is making the covenant with Abraham. Telling him, you know, I'm gonna make a nation out of you, and I'm gonna bring all the nations of the world to be blessed through you, and you'll have your offspring and all these different things. And obviously, then we know, obviously, eventually God brings Christ through that and brings all the Gentiles into God's work of salvation, and everything is coming through that. Yeah. The symbol of the covenant is that you know he cuts an animal, mm. and then uh, you have to walk through it. And so, just to give some context, that was a common uh, ancient Near Eastern. Um, you know, method of, of cutting a covenant where a greater king uh, or nation would make a covenant, a, you know, a deal, a treaty with a lesser king or covenant. Um, they would have the terms and agreements, which God sets out with mm-hmm. the Israelites to in Exodus. And then the lesser king, they, they, cut the, they cut the sacrifice, the offering, the lesser king or lesser figure in this covenant walks through it. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to demonstrate.
1: And just to, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In this example we're the lesser people of course yeah you know what I mean? Abraham
0: is the lesser guy obviously God's coming so cover. he should
1: be walking through it
0: yeah so yeah so the, the the young the lesser individual is supposed to walk through it and that's supposed to demonstrate that from the greater king's perspective that okay if you don't follow the treaty I've assigned here this is what I'm gonna do to you yeah that's the consequence yeah. but what's really interesting with the passage is that Abraham doesn't walk through it. Hmm. It was a vision, first of force and foremost, that God gave him in his sleep, and it wasn't Abraham to walk through it. It was actually God, hmm. symbolically, with smoke and flame. Hmm. God who walked through it, and that smoke and flame, I think the interpretation that makes the most sense is that then foreshadows Exodus that in pillar and flame and smoke, God delivered them out. Yeah. And led them through. But the point is that okay, Abraham didn't walk through it. God did. Yeah. Which means that God takes the accountability and responsibility of the covenant on his own head Hmm. instead of the man, which is usually what it was. And obviously then you see that kind of fulfillment with Christ that God takes the accountability and responsibility for all the sins of man, past, present, and future um, on his own back instead of what was rightfully ours to deal with because we broke the covenant. And that is actually a huge evidence that yes, when God um, saves a person, the accountability and responsibility to use those terms for their salvation is not on them how could it be and the reasoning i would give for that is that you've been in seasons where it was like the worst season of your life i've been in seasons where it was the worst season of my life where the common factor there was that we were both in situations where our faith was literally abysmal right and we couldn't pray or read scripture and we were just like whatever it is better it's kind of like
1: it. we've we abandoned christ it's like, in the sense that we are not fulfilling our part of this covenant. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. Like we're not. We're not. We are not even did not turn away. Right. But we're not fulfilling our, our part of that covenant. We can't. We can't. We're in a state where we can't do
1: anything. Right. Honestly. Like God has these expectations. We're not meeting them. We're not meeting them. So technically, we should be losing him. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And if nothing changes, that's also that. And if nothing changes about our situation, which yeah. we didn't have the power to change ourselves in those yeah. times, yeah. then we will continue that way until we die. Yeah. But that is an evidence there that humans are too weak to do whatever it is. Right. Yeah. If a mental illness comes your way, no you're not strong enough to overcome this thing by yourself, right? right? If anything if anything hits you, whatever it is, your child dies, you name it. Human there's everybody's experienced that in life, situations when humbling to the ground to realize, wow, I'm so limited and weak in my capacity to do anything really. I'm really I rely on on God's mercy and strength to walk because without him I can't even do that. Yeah. So how can anybody then think honestly just to be blunt that the the if we know how weak we are and limited we are in our capacity that when we go through those different situations it's only god who sustains us who holds on to us right because i know you've felt this just like i have being in a difficult situation thinking like god like how am i not turning away right now it's weird because it's so hard to hold on yeah but that's because you actually have to realize god is holding on to you yeah if you if he wasn't holding on to you you would fall away from day one because that's how weak we are how can how can somebody hold on to god themselves that's putting the accountability and the upkeep of your salvation, the sustaining of it on the individual rather than God, right
1: which doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right, and just reiterating God like God is faithful, yep, you know, because I way you described, I just experienced recently mm. um, this past summer where it felt like almost supernaturally weird mm. where I was at that point where you're like, like,, how am I still here here you know yep and I was like, this is crazy because every part of me is Facing another direction, every yeah. part of me is slipping away. Mm. But it fe- it, I'm not joking. Like I'm attesting to God for this, and, and I give Him praise for it. Yeah, it literally felt like I'm falling down, mm. and He's like off a cliff, and He's just holding, holding me. like this. Yeah. And I'm, and it's, you know, when you in those scenes, right? You're like, you look down, and you're like. I'm about to fall, yeah. And then God's like looking at you. He's like, "Nah, <laughs> like I got you," because it's all about Him. Yeah. But what's important for us to recognize is when we slip and slide, God has a purpose in that. Yeah. It's not justified in the sense that our actions, us, us not reading our Bible, that's not justified. Us not praying, that's not justified. Us not drawing near to God daily, that's not justified. That's not okay. Mm. We should be doing these things. Mm. God, of course, God's grace is there, right? But does that mean we should continue in that way? By no means, right? But understanding that Christ is constantly calling you and bringing you back. And, and, you know, those whom he calls, he he brings back. He brings back. Like, think about the 99 and the 1. Yeah. What does that that mean?
0: Hmm.
1: Like, if we really want to look at that, because we love to talk about it, Hmm. And we love to make it this cliche thing, right? But are we gonna actually take it in its context and apply it to ourselves properly, mm. and hold on to it?
0: Most people don't even know that that's about believers,
1: right? Right. Exactly. It's it's sheep. Cheap. Yeah. <laughs> He's not talking about goats. You yeah. Know what I mean. <laughs> not talking about anything else. He's yeah. talking about his yeah. own, his sheep. Mm. Hear his voice. So when the one leaves, strays away. Yeah. It's not like Christ is standing there as a the shepherd saying, "Huh, hope he returns to me one day." No, he goes. Christ goes. And that just reiterates this whole point. Hmm. It's all on God.
0: Or better yet, he doesn't say when the guy goes, when the sheep goes away, well, he's exercising his free will to yeah. run away from me. I'm just gonna let him do that because I respect him. Like yeah. that's not what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Right? We hear
1: we, <laughs> we hear this argument all the time. Yeah. in John 10 when it says, you know, nothing can snatch you out of my hand. Right. Keeper, let me ask you a question. What if you jump out of his hand? are <laughs> like, let me ask you a question. Does it say that in the passage? Because yeah. like we're totally inserting right. we, it's kind of like I would, and this is what I asked you, I'm like, brother, why are we looking for ways to not be saved? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Why, like, why as human beings, can we not just accept that God yeah. wants to save us and he has saved yeah. us? Yeah. Why can't we just take that in and be like, yo, this is about God, it's not mm-hmm. about me. Why am I arguing against the fact and what scripture is testifying to, that God is faithful, God is holding me, yet I still want to object and say, Oh, but I can jump out of his hand right right well actually know you can't because you're blocked inside So yeah. how are you jumping out yeah. of his hand
0: Well, is it the, and there's so many things to unpack in that as well I think that number one there's the um, This false idea that somehow it denies your free will yeah. if that's true. Yeah, which is ridiculous Sorry to say that but it is because you don't live I mean, well, maybe just to backtrack number one about the idea that you can jump out of his hand and somehow that's the exception that if you do it yourself that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because you don't live in a vacuum, right? Things, it's, everything's cause and effect. Things cause you to do X, Y, Z. So if a person, think about anything, like you said, trials and tribulations is a yeah. huge reason that people seemingly fall away mm. and don't want to be, you know, following God because the cross is too heavy. And at yeah. times it is, but like we said, God helps you carry it. Yeah. It's not yourself, right? Yeah. Otherwise you couldn't do it. But the idea is that, is that like, that doesn't make sense here. Is that, okay, well, let's say that um you know somebody thought that god was going to come through and do something and he didn't do it that causes them doubt they fall away yeah somebody went through a horrific tragedy you know um and they thought that things could be one way actually have another way passing of a spouse a child what, what you could name anything or that say moved against somebody and then attacked them with something and and then they, they fell away all those things are cause and effect nobody wakes up one day randomly as a believer and is like well I don't really feel like being Christian today all of a sudden so I'm gonna walk away yeah something causes you to do that yeah right it's not just in and of itself mm. so the idea that somehow I'm making my own choice not in relation to anything that something something happened to me yeah
1: no that's not what's going on that's
0: that's not real life yeah. that, this, we don't live in a vacuum that means right? that
1: thing that's causing you to do it is the thing that snatched you away correct and your logic is which is rationality and true you know is rational and true is that it says nothing, and none, nothing is snatch you away. Yes. So if you are shifting away somehow, jumping out yes. by yourself with no, nothing causing you to do that. Yeah. That that actually makes no sense. There's no situation where that exists. That means you're
0: living in a box where there's nothing, nobody around right. you, nothing's happening around right. you. Right. So let's
1: say trials snatch you away. Yeah. Christ is saying that can't. Yes. Let's say you know the evil in this world and you wrestling with that snatches you away. Christ is saying no, not even that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have to learn to remain faithful to Christ also, and there is. Expectation on believers. Yeah, you know, because as as we were mentioning earlier, oh, we're saying God is faithful. God's the one walking through. All this is true, but Christ still has an expectation. Of yeah, us. I was
0: gonna ask you that actually. Like, ex- talk a little bit of the fact that God's sovereignty and and all powerfulness to not the best word for that, but <laughs> all all powerful nature to hold on to His children because mm-hmm. He loves them. He's not gonna let them go, like you said. Um, talk about how that's not mutually exclusive with the fact that man has responsibility every single day like you're mentioning and then also that he has free will right yeah
1: yeah I, th- I think understanding that okay look we we're slaves to sin yep who the Son of man sets free is free indeed okay so now now that Christ has set us free yes what is freedom that's what we're coming down to mm. what does it mean that Christ has set me free right I have this I have this thing and I'm gonna paint the picture and I hope you know, some people may object to it, but I really, really like it. Think of me, you know, in bondage to sin. So I'm in, I'm in handcuffs and I'm, I'm cuffed to sin. I'm a slave to sin, right? That's what the word says. When Christ sets me free, I'm now a bondservant of Christ. Yeah. So out of his love for me and my love for him, I'm now chained to Christ. Yeah. That's how I personally see it. I'm I'm his, a servant of his. Mm. You know, it says in Romans that I'm a slave of righteousness. Right. I'm a slave of his righteousness that's been imputed to me. Correct. I take those words very seriously, mm. and I don't want to dumb it down either, uh, because obviously there's a context there and why that word is being used. But for us to understand that, okay, yeah, we're chained to Christ. Being chained to Christ is freedom, mm. and we talk about this a lot. When He gives us His law, that's what freedom is. What sin has done is turn everything upside down. So when we think freedom. Is doing whatever I want, Christ is saying no, true freedom is found in my law, which is obedience mm. to me. So that responsibility is understood by the believer. Mm. I'm telling you, when you're born again, you see things completely differently. Yeah. It's this whole shift in your mentality. Your eyes have been opened. Yeah. So over your ears, everything, your heart, you're given a new one. So this freedom that you see is I am responsible to not be doing these things. Mm. It, it of course it falls on me. And there's consequences for our actions. That's an important thing as well. You want to talk about responsibility? When David went and sinned with Bathsheba, what was his consequence? His child. He he lost his child. Yeah. There's consequences for actions. If that example itself does not illustrate responsibility, I don't know what else will. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, like he can face the consequence and not lose his salvation.
1: Yes. Did David all of a sudden, was David not saved? He was, of course. You know what I mean? So like, despite, and, and look at that, it's not even adultery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's so much. If you read that passage, yeah. There's so much sin. There's so much sin. And it's consistent. And in his, and his life in general as well. Right. Right. And it says God was not pleased with David. Yeah. God remains remains silent. He was not pleased with David. Mm. There is responsibility on man. Mm. You know, God can be sovereign and man is responsible at the same time. The they same both time. are are there together.
0: Yeah, like it's 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 honestly it isn't. I don't think it, it's logical to think that. Okay, well these warnings are here. So that means that you must be able to lose your salvation yeah. because that's making it seem like well the only consequence a person can really face is that they have to go to hell which that actually sounds really extreme and crazy if you think about it if you love God and you're born again believe and your nature is changed, and you're like David yeah. which every man and woman obviously wants to be a man after God's own heart and obviously then Jesus is you know the greatest in fulfillment of that that means that your heart breaks when you sin that means there's consequences like you said to your sin that means that you grieve and mourn God will discipline and chastise you There's a lot going on there, right? Sitting against God should be the consequence in itself and for a person who really loves God It is it's not Mm -hmm. something that you get over in one day when you Mm -hmm. really do something like David Then it's God knows how long recovery process into being restored to him again It's not something like, you know, to use example when a pastor commits adultery and his church Harms his family loses his opportunity to teach, you know Okay, he didn't lose his salvation. Thank God he will be restored and, and be saved isn't that enough of a consequence that mm-hmm. in his earthly ministry he has fumbled the ball that badly and made and obviously his, actual, his actions have consequences to his family to the people in the congregation to people outside looking into the church saying oh man what the heck is going on here you guys are supposed to be believers and you're doing this and that all those things matter mm-hmm. right it doesn't have to be loss of somebody's salvation for the warning to be genuine right because those are consequences that you want to avoid in life not right. that you want to do it and then you're throwing your hands up. Well. I can do whatever I want because I'm once saved, always saved. So God will save me no matter what. Like you said earlier, huge straw man.
1: Mm. Nobody's
0: saying that. Yeah. right? Where The point of once saved, always saved, because you said you have a nature change through the Holy Spirit, is that God always convicts you of what, you, what you're doing wrong. Mm. So even if you have a season where you fall away, yeah. God convicts you and restores you back on track again. You're not dying in your sins. And yeah. for that person, we would say 1 John. They went apart from us to show they were never really want us to begin with. Because yeah. I know it's maybe important to clarify that we would say, and you know the 99 and the one is representative of that, if a person falls away, and mm-hmm. you, even you and me have had seasons like that where we really were struggling for like half a year, mm-hmm. and God restored us, um, there's more extreme fallings away where people actually seemingly turn. We have a couple of friends that that's happened to. Mm-hmm. They really like, sin and rebellion against God, and God restores them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They come back, and once they're back, they're back. Yeah. There isn't this leaving the 99 again and again and again. We wouldn't say that that's a perpetual thing. Yeah. One big time. Most likely, yeah, and and
1: just speaking to the fact that when we think about like, oh, God really knows every single individual's heart. Yes, I think that's critical because sometimes we as humans we can look at a a believer, right?
0: And we think we know.
1: We're like, oh yeah, they're hundred percent a believer. They're hundred percent saved. They're hundred percent this. They're hundred percent that. Yeah, be like, no, Scripture hundred percent tells us that there's wolves in sheep like sheep clothing. Yeah. So we as as you know believers our sight is like limited yeah. in a sense. Yeah, But we have to have faith in God in the sense that if someone is falling away and, and leaves the church and leaves Christ, forsakes everything they know, we have to trust that God all obviously knows their heart perfectly. And we have to trust that God would never let them go if they were truly His. You know what I mean? Like even when we talk about um, you know, the people who come to Christ when, when, when Christ is talking and says, you know, oh, I did this in your name. I prophesied in your name. I did this in your name. I cast out demons in your name. And Christ says, get away from me. I don't even know you. You know what I mean? Understanding that God knows the heart of every single person, the intention of of you. So for me, it's like, I know my, I believe I know my heart. But do I really? Because there's sometimes, sometimes I have to check myself. And I know that God convicts me and points out, oh, this is this, this is this. Mm. Are you really doing this for me, Kiefer? Mm. Or are you really doing this for yourself? Right. You know, so a lot of people sometimes hold on to Christ. Why? Image. Mm. Let's be honest. People think that having this knowledge of Christ, and uh, whether it be a professor, whether, because we know, we, I think we know the story of someone who's a teacher or whatever, who straight away, sometimes you get, oh my gosh, I'm on a pedestal now. Everyone's looking at me. It's like I'm famous. Right. You know what I mean? Is your intention Christ or is your intention fame? Mm. God knows. Mm. And hence, if you're lost, it's because your intention was not with Christ. You know?
0: I want to ask you about something we mentioned in the beginning but I want to go back to it because I think it's important to expand on a little bit yeah. you know in in these supposed scenarios where demons are railing against God's people for like listening to J Cole or like <laughs> listen, or, or, or wearing a banana costume and on on Halloween um, like you said you gotta really ask yourself what is God doing yeah. when those things are happening he's sitting back like well personal accountability is on you you have to maintain your salvation that's on you buddy you know yeah, what I mean yeah um, I don't know what is happening maybe we need to read the Old Testament more and the New no, Testament no,
1: no, no, 100% that no I'm not joking that's actually the solution I think that
0: is what it is because if you read God's Word like Old Testament specifically you don't get the idea that God is passive when evil is happening
1: right and also understanding <laughs> the reason why I liked our references of you know with Abraham is that covenant with Abraham is also significant of his individual covenants with us yes you know Yeah. yeah and it's not like oh that's the Old Testament dude <laughs> Away with that, onto the new. That's not what's going on here. It's a continuation.
0: And actually, not to uh, interrupt you no, no, on no, that, but, but on that point, because it's interesting. I also learned this also from you know um, uh, Exodus and the ancient Near Eastern context is that when a bigger, uh, greater king was making a covenant with a lesser king, it was just individual between those two people, mm. just not the whole nation as a whole. But when God makes the covenant on, on Sinai with the people of Israel, it is individual. He cuts the covenant with each, every single individual. Every person has that relationship and the responsibility to him that comes with, along with it. Hmm. So that's significant. And also on that note, that when God makes the covenant with Abraham and Israel, He knows they're not going to be able to fulfill it. That's why He put the burden on Himself. Right? He knows. He for He knows already that yeah. oh, if I make covenants with human beings who are limited and sinful, I'm not going to get the desired result of. Perfection from them. They're going to rebel. So if you think about it, it makes that much more sense that because God knows our weaknesses, no, you can't lose your salvation. If the burden was on you, you would have lost it a long time ago. Yeah. We did touch on that. But I think, and I want to ask you about this too, that the, like you were saying, do we really believe Mm. God is Al Shaddai, is Almighty? Mm. If you get the view of Him in the Old Testament that I mean, he is dogging the Egyptian gods yeah. in every single possible way, yeah. taking his people, pulling them out. Mm-hmm. We see in First uh, First Kings with, or Second Kings, I think it is, with Elisha. Yeah, you know, he opens the servant's eyes. All these references, and there's tons of angels all around surrounding him. Yeah, um, you know, um, I mean, we go on forever. I mean, you can talk about real life, right? I mean, not real life, per, pre, pre, present day, right now. Yeah, all types of people that God uses, as missionaries overseas, going into crazy mm-hmm. areas with. People who obviously are worshiping tons of gods and casting out demons left and right in Jesus's name. Yeah, we serve a God who is all powerful and active. Yeah, whose name demons quiver at, like we saw in the Gospels when Jesus pulls up and they're quivering in fear. Yeah. So what is God doing in in this view? I said this honestly, and I think that fear is has to be a motivator. Number one thinking that the responsibility is on you to maintain it mm-hmm. and then obviously then fear would be a natural result of that that Well, then I got to be so careful not to do all these different things and then by then extension become legalistic and then push other people Because mm. I think that somehow if I do even regular things honestly Well, I could you know be opening myself up to x y and z.
1: Yeah, you know Yeah, I, I don't want to like like your point gave me like so many things to talk about <laughs> Go ahead. I'm trying to like control myself in terms of what I say and, and how far I go um, but this view of, uh, you know, I like to call, I love to call it perseverance of the saints. Yes. God gives us perseverance to endure unto the end.
0: Yeah.
1: Is heavily attached to one's view of atonement. Mm. You know, heavily yeah. attached to it. Yeah. To understand that, you know, as far as the East is from the West, mm. God has separated our sin from us. Mm. What does that mean? You know what I mean? To understand that Christ has atoned perfectly and his blood has paid the price. Yeah. And that he has endeared literally the wrath of God to show us his love. What does that mean? Mm. And that's why I say it's so heavily attached. Because if we understand the gospel, we understand that it's complete. Mm. The gospel is complete. Mm. It's this full thing. It doesn't start with saving someone and then boom, the gospel's incomplete. It doesn't see you until the end. You know what's that verse in uh, Philippians we reference? He who yeah. has started a good work in you will see it unto completion. That, that is the gospel. Yeah. You know, it's heavily attached to me because I say, okay, if Christ is really separating our sin from us, East and the West, as far as those who are from each other, don't try doing the math. You're never going to get there. You know <laughs> what I mean? If you look at that, can your sin be brought back to you mm. and put on you? Right. What is grace then? Yeah. I ask that question. What is God's grace? Mm. Is it efe- uh, efficient and is it effective? Uh, or is it temporary? Mm. Is born again simply imagery? I've heard this analogy before. That the born again experience is simply imagery. That it's oh, it's like I don't know I don't even know what that means. What what it I mean don't know what that for means. Imagery. So yeah. <laughs> when it says in Ezekiel that he removes yeah. our heart of stone. Gives you a gives us a heart flesh. of flesh. I can guarantee you any true believer will attest to this. Mm. That's real. Yes. Because the things that did not bother us before bother us now. Right. Yeah. The same thing I was talking about. Conviction is the number one sign I believe that that we are His. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So understanding that God has separated that, given us a new heart, is is imperative for us. You know. Talk about this too. On that note, I want to ask you um, on the fear topic.
0: Hmm. If you were a person who held this view that you can lose your salvation,
1: yeah, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't leave my house. Talk on that. <laughs> Why? Yeah, Why sim- not? Yeah. Simple as that. If if I felt like if i did this i'm losing my salvation if i did this, if I'm, that's this constant battle I'm gonna, That's me going on in my mind to me i'm like okay i'm going to live this life of isolation where i'm not exposed to the things of the world where i'm not i can't even fulfill the great commission at that point to be quite honest right because i'm not going to be able to go out yeah. lest i fall away right how can i preach to an unbelieving friend if i believe he's going to somehow take me out and and if i go out with him once then i've lost my salvation right. now i have to somehow Earn it back. This is the whole thing we talked about last week. Let Christianity be separate because that's how God made it. You know what I mean? He separated. He said he set apart Christianity, mm. just like in the Old Testament, the Israelites were set apart from right. all the other nations. Right. So is Christianity set apart from all the false religions, mm. where everyone else is earning, everyone else is working. Yeah. For us, we have the imputed righteous, righteousness of Christ. Right. Let. Christ remain true yeah let his word remain true yeah I can't live in fear because his perfect love has cast out my fear right you know what I mean that's where I stand on that
0: yeah like if you let's again like using use an example or somebody else if if a person held this view yeah what stops them what stops it from being true that even though they're so confident that God has saved them of their salvation right now Mm -hmm. how do they not know that 30 years from now they They don't they won't reject God and then go to hell
1: they don't there's no there's no well when John says I read this so you may know I guess like you can never know Cannot. Like, take that in. You're going to wake up every day and be like, Am I really saved? Am I really saved? Am I really saved? And what's funny is, uh, I get the objection a lot. It's like, Okay, if you're really His, how can you know that? We're like, Okay, I read His Word. I see what a believer is. And, I, and I'm willing to accept it. Mm. And I think that's a huge barrier for a lot of people. Yeah. They're not willing to accept Christ's Word. Mm. And I say His Word is sufficient and is sufficiently applied to myself. Yeah. And, and my faith remains in God to hold me, mm. not in my ability to earn my salvation because I never did. In or the maintain first place. it. Or maintain it because I, I can't. Yeah, you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So accept, accept His Word. Mm. As simple as that. It's really that simple. Believe, right? Yeah. When we're talking about all these objections, yeah. I think a lot of them come out of a place of I don't want to accept that this can be true. I don't want to accept that God can be this sovereign over my That's life. powerful, right? Yeah. Then God is really not omnipotent. Mm. If He cannot hold you, you're not you're not granting him his own attributes.
0: Because there's two things there, right? Like on one hand, like you're saying, it's impractical to think that somehow you could live your life. Yeah. With the fear in the back of your mind, really yeah. it would be in the forefront of your mind.
1: Dude, I wouldn't leave my house. I'm serious. Wouldn't leave your house,
0: yeah, or we become a monk. Yeah. You separate yourself from the world so that way there's nothing in your vicinity that can cause you to sin and fall away. Yeah. But then you're not being faithful to anything God's told you. To no do.
1: social media, no Netflix, no, no YouTube, no unbelieving friends. Dude, I would stay in my bed, like, and not do anything. 100%. You know what I mean? That's the only way to
0: stay safe, to be honest. And
1: is that the life call, like God calls us to live? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it, and it's just like,
0: to me, it seems very contrary to God, who God has revealed himself to be. Yeah. Because you can talk about it. I mean, how, how important is it to God that he wants people to have confidence in him? Is oh. it something that
1: matters a little bit, or is it no, a, a lot? I think it's everything. <laughs> everything. I think it's everything. Right. I, I can't even stress that enough. Like, after this past summer, it's all about God. Mm. My confidence is in him. And this constant theme is, you know, when it says that His grace is sufficient, right, for us, it's this constant theme that I cannot do anything mm. by myself or or with my own flesh. I can't do it mm. because you're gonna wake up every day failing. Failing. So if you think that you can maintain your salvation, that's prob- that's uh, this this is not a joke. That's yeah. probably when you're gonna lose it. If, oh yeah. yeah. You know, if you believe that you can maintain it, your faith is in yourself, not in God.
0: Or you become a Pharisee. Yeah. Because then you're gonna become legalistic on everything as to like you said box and make sure you never ever ever even approach a sin right and then you're gonna be living your life in the flesh son. yeah and, I think and, I, on the opposite spectrum in terms of legalism yeah not the freedom of the spirit yeah right?
1: my, my final thoughts surrounding this would be this this understanding that we cannot lose our salvation mm. of course we've addressed it's all about God yeah but it's really in harmony with God's nature yes. and who he's revealed himself to be right. as a faithful Shepherd mm and that's all I'm gonna put place my faith in. Mm. Not me as a stupid sheep. <laughs> yeah, like, like. At times a stupid sheep. Dude. hundred What? Do you think that like the, the sheep follows the shepherd for a reason? Right. It's the shepherd who's a smart one, not the sheep. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like that's so dark. Well if you think about it,
0: no, the the shepherd is also like like I mean, using David too, is the one who defends you from lions, bears, yeah. wolves, yeah. everything. Right. And the woman who, who was also watching the wolves who <laughs> mix himself in with the sheep, right?
1: The Shepherd is the one who works and tends the flock, keeps the flock, guards the flock, Correct. everything.
0: And if God also has revealed himself as a perfect father, what kind of father doesn't want his children to trust him that if they fall, he'll catch them? Yeah, if they go somewhere, he'll
1: bring them back. Yeah, I, what kind
0: of father is like, Well, son, I respect your decision to run into hell, so let me just leave you there then. Yeah, like
1: when you're born from above, that can be reversed, right?
0: You're, when you're sealed, with, I mean, you know, the word says you're sealed, sealed with, with the spirit, the, right? So, does God
1: Undo the seal. That's what I'm saying. Is that Best what a seal it, Christ's hand, you're in it, closed close. in the Father's hand, it, sealed with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> seal the gods, you got on your on your face. Like this right, right here, sealed, man. <laughs> you're not
0: escaping. Yeah, absolutely. And that's your favorite verse, right? The other one. Um, what is it again? Which one? Christ uh, in you.
1: Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's. Are we willing to accept it? Yeah. <laughs> it's Simple.
0: Are you willing to accept it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, if you want to close us off, man, however you want to. Look at hey, that man. camera there. Look at that that's camera that right there.
0: there. Uh. Yeah, I think we're good for today. I mean, hope y'all enjoyed the episode, episode two. Um, I'll see y'all in uh, another two weeks. Two weeks. For episode three. Uh, thank you for watching. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate
1: it. Pardon? Nice. Good job, bro. Dude, that was actually kind of like... <laughs> Heat? No, it was funny. That seems to be funny. It's like, yo, dude, I actually forgot what we're talking about. <laughs>